We did have an extended conversation at the top of the podcast about if Satan has nipples and is a mammal. So enjoy that. Uh, as someone who played Dante's Inferno to completion, I already have the answer. Well, we 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 deferred to the Game Facts message board about Persona Four. Oh, got it. Well, you know wow. they're gonna have their own weird. That means yes, because Satan has nipples in that game. Yeah. Listening to Boku no Stop, an anime podcast that will not bow to a British prince no matter how many of them you send overseas, Charles. I'm your host, Sybil Arnett, and with me is... Matt Marcus. I'm Garrett. I'm Chris. Good to be honest, it was really great to watch this extremely anti-British show on St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Same. You better believe that uh, I had some thoughts. Because today we're talking about Code Geass, episodes one and two. Content warnings for this batch include a lot of gun violence, suicide, and ethnic cleansing, a thing I never thought I'd have to say on this show. Look, it's not their fault that when they bobbed it out, the water stopped working. Whew! But just some quick production notes as an introduction to this show. The full title, which we are never going to use, is uh-huh. Code Geass, Lelouch of the Rebellion. It was released in 2006 and was a mainline title out of Sunrise, a.k.a. The Gundam People, a.k.a. Bandai Namco Filmworks. Yeah, I don't know when that change actually happened, the name change, but I also just wanted to just jump in and just lay out kind of like what the mecha scene looked like at this point, mostly from Sunrise, um, because Mm -hmm. the last show was Seed Destiny, oof, and... um, the last Mecha show before this was Zegapen, which I don't think anybody remembers. I certainly didn't before I, I saw do. it in the timeline today. And uh, this is going to be right on the heels or the whatever the previous of heels is for uh, Gundam 00, which will air right before season two. Yep. Back to back to back. A uh, lot of hits. Also, literally 20 minutes ago, we finished talking about Death Note and boy extremely similar energy yes uh-huh. so death uh-huh. note i i have uh-huh. that called out a few times in here we're just so shows about guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> the opposite the opposite of the way you're thinking the staff behind this is stacked to the gills on writing is a duet of ichiro okuchi uh, screenwriter and series composition on a mass of classics like angelic layer azumanga dayo planetess and more I mean, like right now, he's uh, he's the guy writing G Witch, yeah, uh, Gundam Witch for Mercury. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a fun surprise. I I was just trying to stick to their past credits, just uh-huh. so we could say what they came in as. Yeah, fair enough. I just but yes, that's all how of I these people the minus one are still working. Mm. 
Uh, Goro Taniguchi also co-wrote. He was a storyboard artist into a major director for Sunrise, with heavy credits on King of Braves, Gaugaigar, Planetess, Maihime, Gun Cross Sword, and some shit you've never heard of called New Mobile Report Gundam Wing. The character design was handled by Manga Circle Clamp, who had actually never done straight-to-anime character designs before this, and they may not have since. I haven't been able to find a clear answer on that. Uh-huh. I mean, that's fair. The designs are really good. Like, the, the outline, like, later, when we have a cape and a helmet, is so good. Having seen that, I will agree with you, but there are some problems with clamp style that I'll get into later. I, is it, I is it everybody's a noodle? Because everybody's just a noodle. <laughs> Everybody yeah. is a fucking toothpick. But that makes the memes so good, because they look so goofy already. <laughs> it does make the memes good. Oh, I know what the shot is going to be for the episode art this episode. And is it's it going to be a guy one... on the phone in the soup store? <laughs> no, it's going to be the one fat guy in a room full of twinks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that shot's pretty wild, because they did not know how to draw them on the same scale. Uh, apparently Clamp's spitballing during this phase because they were like, how do we do this, helped flesh out the cast somewhat by a lot of interviews. Their designs were then translated into anime-friendly sheets for the animators to work off of by veteran designer Takahiro. I've directed Gundam's Kimura, who died two weeks before we began this recording. Rest in peace, you fucking legend. You've seen this guy all over Sunrise work, going back to the start. He's the one who developed the mecha for the entire King of Brave series. Great guy. The show was scored by Kotaro Nakagawa and Hitomi Kuroishi, the latter of which performed vocals on the insert tracks throughout. And there are a shitload of openings and endings for this. There's five if you include the re-release season that changed the tracks because they didn't want to pay the bands again. The first opening is by Flo, the first ending by Ali Project. We will discuss these in the episodes. So while in early production, the pro- the project was aiming for a broad range, uh, let's hook everyone charm, which <laughs> let's hook everyone with ethnic cleansing charm, uh-huh. um, which is what uh, the Clamp staff was going with with their design ethos. And because it's a Sunrise production, uh, apparently there has to be a mask involved. It's a good mask. Yeah, didn't show up this early. I was surprised. Mm, mm, yeah. Uh, and along the way, things took a huge swerve when the show was moved out of the Saturday primetime and instead scheduled to debut on a late night time slot. And as a result, the writers locked down the finished story Bible, realizing they could actually go pretty dark with the material since uh, they were already in uh, pretty niche territory. And this is where they came up with the concept of the titular Gias, uh, again, to be exposited in the episodes. This was not the last time this series uh, would face a uh, time swerve. They ran 23 episodes regularly on broadcast. Then the final two aired in as a one hour back to uh, block back in that primetime time slot. They were originally given on Saturday night uh, months later in the summer. Um, this was because the show became absolutely insanely popular and the suits decided um, it was worth trying to run up the scoreboard in the ratings with the finale. Um, Code Geass was so hot that within months of the uh, finale, there were already two of an eventual six manga spinoffs running to try to keep the momentum and sales figures going. And even before the finale aired, a second season was publicly announced for the following year. 
that did not work because I had heard of this when it was coming out and then immediately stopped hearing about it and did not know there was a season two for like three years after. And part of that is, you know, the fact that in Japan this worked because they had everything, no translation. Over here, we did not actually get this with a long delay and then there was the two year delay between seasons and you're and hearing it was about what it was. One... Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't have as quick a turnaround time. I'm pretty the odd one out here. I was actually following this via fan subs when it first came out for both seasons. I had yeah, I think no yeah, exposure yeah, yeah, to yeah, this until right went now. up on Pirate Bay. <laughs> that's what I watched. Also, they were not good fan subs. No, no, uh, and um, I don't think we get to cover some of the stuff. I think like the infamous like translator notes of chess is in season two. Oh, there's oh. <laughs> With all the pre-information out, we start the podcast with episode one, The Day a New Demon Was Born. We begin with nothing but cicadas, as two wiener lads climb a bank outside of their town. In a few shots, a green-haired figure watches. When the actual sounds drop in, a woman begins narrating. The date was August 10th in the year 2010 of the Imperial Calendar. The Holy Britannian Empire. Ooh had just declared war on Japan, (laughs) despite the island nation claiming neutrality in world wars. Uh, We get to see a series of maps that isn't just some EU crap. Britannia has actually taken over the Americas. You win some, you lose some with Britain, you know. And our narrator informs (laughs) us that they are the only superpower now. The deciding force in the swift conquest of Japan is that Britannia has a new mobile weapon. Mechs called Nightmare Frames with a K in the front, which rocks. Uh, they could be easily deployed and overwhelm standard armies with their maneuverability and arms. Japan's culture, landmarks, and even identity are all stripped from them by an invading power yet again, and the island <laughs> is just reclassified as Area 11, and our wiener lads are now near a ruined seaside where bodies are being burned, and one purple-eyed lad, who will later learn is Lelouch, swears to the other, Suzaku, Suzaku, whatever, it's Suzaku, Suzaku. And that he will someday obliterate Britannia like a true king. And then we go directly into the opening. Colors by flow. Uh, this really is just the band being told, hey, do the Aerecca 7 theme again. That was a hit there. Compare them. It's incredibly blatant what they asked for. But it also owns. Is it really supposed to be that and not Eureka? It is Eureka, yeah. That's so stupid. All right, whatever. Whatever. Fuck anime. Carry on. <laughs> Look, Look we're even with all that, this... Colors owns. It's been 12 minutes and I'm already mad about anime again. <laughs> Great start to a season. <laughs> uh, you can tell that royals are going to play a part because many of the characters who flash by in the sequence are infirm, inbred, or just wearing way too fancy clothes for a conquered people. Get their ass! You could also tell Clamp designed these characters because even the one in the wheelchair is 70% legs by volume with yaoi hands. Mm-hmm. 
And we return to the show seven years after the war in 2017 ATB. ATB is not explained anywhere on screen, but they throw it at the end of things. Active time uh-huh. battle. Don't worry about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So no pausing. It seems as if the Britannians have straight up done an apartheid with big walled cities and skyscraper districts looming over standard Japan. Everyone makes mistakes. <laughs> Police are hunting down a semi-truck with gyrocopters, and the news is discussing a terrorist bombing in Osaka. So from the TV, we scroll down to a nobleman straight off of the Benny Hill set and a lanky old man made entirely of nerves playing chess. Uh, the latter runs out of time, but before he's forced to make a move, his second arrives, a purple-eyed lad from the intro. Uh, he talks a lot of shit from somebody <laughs> who who looks like he could be just snapped in half immediately by a stiff wind. He looks like a person I could beat up. <laughs> it is very hard to find any character in this threatening outside of their mecha at all. Yeah, no, uh, extremely, like, thin bones looking motherfucker. The lads have 20 minutes until their next class. And, like, this is, like, the most, uh, like, this does have some light Yagami energy where he's just like, oh, we have 20 minutes for our next class? I'll only need eight to win. Nine. Um, He only needs nine. Or, excuse me, nine to win. He only uses 830. Learn more. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But he was left in a really terrible position. We then uh, cut away from this to three ladies griping about how Lulu. <laughs> what a terrible nickname. Uh, it makes is, more sense in Japanese. I'm sure it does. Can't call um, him that. I'm playing Final Fantasy X again. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine, though, if Lulu were this guy. <laughs> uh, hey, Waka, I bet I can get that guy's skull out of his head with one cast. The the mm-hmm. thickest character in the show by a mile would be Lulu. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so many belts. But anyway, yeah, uh, Lulu is on the student council, but wastes all of his time gambling and winning elsewhere because... It's not a waste if you win. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, it turns out uh, Lelouch uh, won't apply himself, but oh, he's just so hot. He'd be so hot and desirable if he did. Then we cut to the semi-truck. Two people in coveralls in the driver's seat are bemoaning that they go to all the trouble to steal, quote-unquote, this thing. And uh, one of their companions didn't stick to the script, uh, putting them all on the radar. And then exactly eight minutes and 32 seconds later, uh, Lelouch has destroyed the noble in chest, and his hype man declares this is a new record. Um, the hype man says, it's great, nobles always pay up on a loss out of pride, and Lelouch gripes that nobles are just uh, tepid parasites, never worth breaking a sweat. <laughs> you can't see half of us saluting. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, I'm, I'm glad I'm not looking at the video, actually. <laughs> I literally saluted. Mm. <sighs> um, a speech from... Prince Clovis, uh, the ruler of Area 11, um, fills every screen as we learn that the Japanese people aren't even referred to as such anymore, merely 11s. Uh, the rebels get pissed, and Lelouch ignores the moment of silence, having a class they need to drive to. I wish I had a hype man like him. I love that guy. <laughs> he just drives you around, you get in his little sidecar. That's the best. 
the hype man is so weird because he's one of many characters who's just never named on screen during this, and he might not even have a name. I went looking. <laughs> no, he definitely has a name. I couldn't tell you what it is, but he has one. Apparently it doesn't matter. I just spent two hours talking about Psycho Knife Lady and The Boy. You cannot do this to me. Uh, after the broadcast, we see the prince step down from his dais and be much more flippant about his role, calling himself a mere actor. While most of his staff praise him, a blonde in the back shit-talks the guy and murmurs. And suddenly a soldier bursts in with a message for the prince. The blonde thinks it's just to get him to a new appearance, but the prince's, you fool, sets off interest. Whatever's happened, the police have been told the stolen item is medical equipment, but the prince is taking no chances. He says, scramble the royal guard and the nightmare frames. And we cut to the empty highways where Lelouch and Hype Man are driving by in a bike with a sidecar. Lelouch is reading a copy of Hamrit in the sidecar, which I did <laughs> actually go back and check because it's like, why? how did you make that mistake? Suddenly, truck coon. The semi sees the bike, and the driver swerves to an off-ramp, crashing the whole vehicle. Lelouch sees some kind of energy ghost come off the truck, which catches his eye, as we find out that the military are being sent in for the kill instead of the police copper, the police choppers who were in chase. Lelouch thinks that everyone rubbernecking around the area is an idiot, and runs in to help the drivers himself. This is where he first starts going full light Yagami. Look at all of them. They can't even do anything to help out. How dare they watch this like it's entertainment. It's like, what else would you... You have no idea what's going on in this context. Yeah, a lot of people are watching from a nearby, like, skyscraper-like structure. What do you expect them to do, man? Jump out? <laughs> Just repel your way down? He hops onto the truck from the back, looking over the damage from the roof, when two things happen simultaneously. One... He stops in his tracks when a woman's voice calls out, It's you! I've found you! And two, the driver comes to and they peel out, knowing that staying still is going to get them caught. Lelouch falls into the trailer, just in time for the military choppers to begin calling for surrender and firing machine guns, you know, warning shots. Uh, the second thief, who is a woman, uh, heads to the back of the truck, and we learn that uh, she, whose name is Callan, was it supposed to be Karen and just ended up Callan? Nope. Who knows? Callan. Okay, nope, Callan. it's just Callan. She looks like a fucking Blizzard character, by the way. <laughs> Catch She's her got Overwatch a look. 3. She's one of the only characters I know from this. That's fair. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I knew she wasn't going to die. She was like, oh, they, they, they did too much with her to her die. Oh, yeah, she has, has red hair. Uh-huh. And, uh -huh. yeah. and her mecha is color-coded to her. Uh-huh. Well, it's true. for now, I get the feeling that's going to change. No, it still will be. You could copy and paste this lady onto a Hearthstone card and no one would bat an eye. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. because Hearthstone has no sense of aesthetic design. That's correct. Yep. Anyway, this woman who has no sense of aesthetic design, uh, <laughs> she's going to go buy some time uh, by, I guess, presumably, I don't know, throwing out some grenades or whatever. Um but what ensues is a mech battle on the roads uh, because Callan can wreck helicopters easily with this uh, little mecha that she has, which is, I guess it's a nightmare frame. Uh, yep. And uh, but funnily enough, she's not using guns. She's using uh, like hooks on, you know, basically like um, what is it? Hook shots. Like harpoon launchers. Yeah. 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 
we find out that this is the Glasgow model and it's one that's uh, pretty out of date. And uh, she ends up squaring off with uh, the modern Sutherland models uh, that the police have or in the military. And this is where I chime in and be like these mech designs own. Uh, so they're your yeah, standard they bipedal mechs, but then they have like these like wheel things that flip down that they use to like skate around and like climb up walls and shit. It's amazing. It's called Heelys. It gives off. They have uh, Heelys. <laughs> yeah. It, it gives me uh, major uh, heavy gear vibes. If anybody remembers that, but me. Mm-hmm. It makes me. It makes you think. There's of a game that rips a this off much more blatantly, but I'm not going to name it because it's giant spoilers. Like the mm-hmm. the opening scenes of this, where the nightmare frames are just wrecking the shit out of traditional military hardware, are straight up in a JRPG. Mm. Yeah, this is like mm. the beginning of Xenosaga Two, is what's happening here. <laughs> Not Kinda, the one yeah. that I. There's a more blatant one. There's literally yeah. a thing where people deploy nightmare frames with the Healy wheels, and it's like they're so maneuverable. Ah! You're gonna have to tell me what this is I, later because I cannot place it. Okay. The wheels would be cooler to me if, like, I don't know, the mech jumped up and they went under because the mech feet don't, like, elevate. It's a, it, it looks a little weird sometimes, depending on the angle of the camera. Lilos grabs uh, the radio out of uh, the woman's coveralls that she left in the truck, thinking that he can hand over uh, these uh, people to the military so he can get himself out of the situation uh, safely. <laughs> Uh, elsewhere, we see the general uh, getting chewed out by the science twink, um, neither named yet, only ranks. His name is Lloyd. Yeah, the science twink's name is Lloyd. Um, the general is the only fat person in this entire series. <laughs> He's the only person with a different body, and he looks like Mr. Hart from Fist of the North Star. It's so yeah, fucking Yeah, he does. Fun. Yeah. Lloyd is the rebellion. um anyway um lloyd has um him dead to rights um the terrorists stole whatever you and the prince were working on in secret and so instead of leaving this to the police to clean up you need to tidy up every loose end and then we learn that uh, lloyd didn't deduce this himself but it was his indigo haired assistant who just kind of found it obvious okay it took me a minute, but I just realized that ST in these notes stands for Science Twink. <laughs> we didn't get his name until halfway through episode two. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was reading through these notes, and just every time I came off, I'm just like, his name is Lloyd. Look, I could have changed it, but also, I wrote too many Science Twinks. I, that's fair. You know, it's it's fine. Yeah, he he, he so, is sciencing all over the place. That is kind of what he's doing. He sciences so hard in the show. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, the general. The show has the most fake science since like Eva. It's so good. Oh, there's a part that I'm definitely going to ask you to uh, repeat watchers about later because I'm sure I'm supposed to be impressed by it, but with no context, it just leaves me going, "What the shit." <laughs> the series like just in general ago, is very what the know, shit. I definitely don't remember anything about it other than really enjoying the vibe. That's okay. I might remember it, so I remember the big ending thing and it being wild, but that's about it. Like I I know things that might be a parallel universe and might be actual post-show spoilers. I don't know and I can't ask. 
Well, I can just answer that vaguely. What what you know is a movie that is in canon with everything else post everything. Okay. So anyway, um, the general cannot uh, refute uh, that, you know, there's this clear cover up going on, but is surprised to see that Lloyd is offering not to drag him, but to help him. He just wants data, you see. Data on what? We'll find out later. Um, when asked about uh, the secrecy, though, um, he claims the device we see Lelouch sitting on holds poison gas and chemical weapons. And then there is the eye catch. Uh, the show's eye catch sucks. Uh, it's just the title there. They can't all be the Idion opening eye catch. Uh-huh. We just came off of the woman called Fujiko Mine, which did two beautifully drawn sketches per week. So mm. it's a downgrade. Yeah, you know, the other Idion was good, too, because it was the nutting in space meme. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It should be it should probably be mentioned that the royal guard here all seem to be natural born Britannians and they are hella racist. Uh, this uh-huh. comes up here. Because the commander is giving a speech to, uh, like, some sort of force under their command, which is, like, a local group of Elevens who are, like, this is, uh, big starship troopers you serve to become a citizen energy. They're not allowed to carry weapons right now. Uh, and he tells them to watch every exit in the ghettos for signs of the truck. He says, quote, you came up from these stinking holes, so you might be able to stand the smell. Uh, a bunch of shit happens, the truck crashes. A faceless sympathizer sees the truck, mistakes Lelouch for a rebel, and they have a uh, meet-cute because Suzaku grew up. Uh, Lelouch is a little upset that his buddy is working for the oppressive government that he also is a part of. Don't worry about it. But before they can really dive into this, the pod begins hissing and glowing. So before that, uh, it would be a shame if I didn't bring up this was the first instance of the dumb Suzaku spin kick. Oh, that's oh, that's yeah, gonna come does. back. Oh, oh yeah, yes. yeah. The, the 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 footprints or the the uh, foreshadowing to Spinzaku is real. Okay, I'm excited. Uh huh. Sure. I'll keep keep that in mind. Suzaku heroically grabs his rebreather and shoves it onto Lelouch before tackling him to the ground as a human shield. However, it's not gas that comes out, but instead a gagged woman with green hair covered in goo. The sound effects here are some clown shoe shit. There's a sparkling sound effect over a tied-up prisoner that is a bananas composition. That's not poison gas. That's how you know they're magic. God. Elsewhere, Callan is using the antenna on her frame to contact the Resistance, because her walkie-talkie is in Lelouch's hands. The driver, Nagata's status, is unknown to her, but I think he made it underground. We cut to the (laughs) cab of the truck where he's bleeding out in the crash. (laughs) Uh, Callan is also convinced that what they had stolen was poison gas. So, Suzaku, meanwhile, is talking to Lelouch, going, Look, they told me this was gas. Shit is weird right now, bro. But before they can really investigate, his superior rolls up with a posse. Because Suzaku has a good record, he is going to be allowed to get out of this if he demonstrates his loyalty by icing the terrorist Lelouch and handing over the girl. He's like, No, this is, this is absolutely... Da-. And he gets gut shot by his boss. 
<laughs> He's like, I, I would, I would totally do this, except not for this boy. This is the one yep. boy I wouldn't shoot. And he's like, well, tough for you. And before this can escalate any further, the dying Nagata recognizes his chance to get some revenge and detonates a bomb in the truck. We do not see the underground effects of this, but we do see the explosion pierce the surface. Put a pin in this shit. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what was it? Planned, uh, fuck, what was it? What did they call it? I forget. Yeah. Planned demolition, yeah. Uh, so... On an airship, the prince continues to take zero chances. Uh, he says, well, now that this is public, I'll be disinherited if this gets out. So claim that it's urban renewal, uh, you know, <laughs> and then, uh, General, could you go and just destroy the entire Shinjuku ghetto? Just just clean it all up. Murder everyone. Full on ethnic cleansing. And uh, that's what they do. So there are scenes of guards going just literally going floor by floor in these apartment buildings, just gunning everyone down. And it's uh, extremely dire. Hell of a montage. This is what it's like when you vote for a Super Bowl stadium in your town. (laughs) Olympics, too. Oof. Oof. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, as the Royal Guard uh, pincers their way inwards uh, in the district towards where the explosion site was, uh, we cut to underground where somehow Lelouch and the girl are running unharmed through the subway tunnels. I don't know how that happened. There was a bomb literally right next to them. Literally. Nobody. It'd be a short anime. I know. (laughs) Like, Lelouch and this girl were under the truck, and all the soldiers were beside the truck, Uh and apparently this charge was shaped to just go into the sky because none of them are injured. All of those soldiers reappear. Yeah, no, they they said it was uh, directed upwards. Like, they literally say that in the, t- in the text of the show, and that's Really? Okay, silly. maybe the dub didn't mention that, because it okay. did not come up. Oh, no, yeah, the, the subs definitely mentioned that uh, the, the explosion went upward. I don't know if it was intentional that it went upward, but that's what they say. Yeah, the prince just Let says, it's visible. Mm-hmm. I got another judgmental wife from, look from my wife, because she knows I'm talking about anime. <laughs> noted, noted. <laughs> <laughs> for the second time today <laughs> correct even though the first one was not actually anime <laughs> anyway above ground uh the science twink and uh science twink's uh assistant who i i do not understand the tone of this show in part because the assistant just seems like like cute nervous girl whereas like are we supposed to believe that she's a good person because <laughs> she's hanging out with yeah, this, she, uh, I mean, kevin man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's all she's yeah. the very competent backup. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Still working she, for She's the, uh, she's the straight uh, person professors. to Lloyd's off the wall shit. Yeah. So weird. Such a weird tonal. She's female thing. Matt. To Chris and I. Oof. I'm gonna need a second to like <laughs> digest that. I don't know if I like this. Look, whatever your whatever your transition goals are, Matt, they're all yours and they're all valid. I'm gonna be honest. Well, Matt, one day you're gonna start HRT, and I'm not gonna be surprised. <laughs> I have co-hosts on this another show this that are ripping him before. about that. Has it? <laughs> yeah. Look, no, it. Yeah, no, that's definitely that's definitely happened before. It's okay. Look, look, it's happened before where everyone but the person involved knew in advance, Matt. It's okay. <laughs> me, yes, look, me. It's fine. Look, 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 if I do end up getting blue hair like this woman, you'll you'll already know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you would have blue hair. 
Did I ever tell you that my mom dyes her hair that color now? <laughs> no. She 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 dyes her hair like she actually actually now it's purple. Now she has like a purple undercut. Like swear to God. Uh, anyway, <laughs> how did you not tell me you have anime DNA? So so you're telling me it runs in the family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes uh anxiety and depression runs in the family very neurotic jewish family go figure um anyway right. <laughs> um blue-haired lady uh hanging out with science twink uh they're bemoaning the fact that one of the head guardsmen was too bloodthirsty to await orders and as a result uh they're in possession of the lancelot with no quote divisor to use it so there's a new toy uh to be uh, sold to the kitties Yes, M- mainly me. I, I have a duplicate <laughs> of the Lancelot. It's me. <laughs> um. So we then see as Lelouch tries to crawl towards the subway exit that somehow the bomb also didn't kill any of the soldiers underground either. Um. They're waiting at the exit he's arrived at, and uh, they are just killing anybody that comes through. Um. He is nearly ignored before Oopsie Doodle, one of his classmates, surely, calls him. And the phone tips uh, the kill squad off. Um, back to the wall, staring down a dozen rifles, uh, Lelouch bemoans that he is going to d- die before his life has come to anything. And then the woman uh, slips her captor's grasp, running in front of Lelouch, and her final words are, Stop, he mustn't die, before a bullet blows through her head. Center of the frame, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as uh, Lelouch kneels down in despair, uh, Lelouch is grabbed by the woman and things get psychedelic. Um, she tells him um, that she can allow him to continue on and that he will be granted power if he can make her wish come true. If you love CG, like, nerves imagery, this is the show for you, buddy. Holy uh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Is is her is her wish not to die? How about that? Like, is no, that real? surprisingly not. Uh, you think that would be up there on the list anyway? What you think she's only gonna die once? <laughs> whoa, Holy whoa! whoa spoilers. Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, but, uh, this is this is very funny because I just watched the first season of Chainsaw Man like a month ago, and it's like Hell literally yeah. the same opening. <laughs> In the middle of this, robe figures somewhere scream that the Ragnarok connection has shown up and the legend is beginning. Lelouch decides that yes, yes, he will take that deal, which there are no terms to whatsoever. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Don't worry Mm -hmm. about it. It'll be Mm -hmm. normal and cool. Uh, (laughs) Suddenly, he stands back in reality with a purpose. Lelouch says, have you realized the only ones who should kill are those who are prepared to be killed? And the men all begin trembling as Lelouch's eye glows with a rune. And he says, I, Lelouch v. Britannia, command you all. Now, all of you, die. And with a manic grin and glowing eyes, every one of them submits to the order in a spray of suicides. Lelouch narrates over the ending. He has been living a lie ever since, going under Lelouch Lamperouge while being a secret royal. But now, now he has power. Now he can do something to change the state of the world. And he goes full mask off like Yagami as Kira in the moments before we cut to the ending theme. This is a wild place to end your first episode, but I'm going to admit. Oh, yes. This would absolutely bring me back for two. 
This is really tame by the later standards of this series. This is what? 100% true. No. You're kidding. Here's the thing. Matt, when we said this is about one of the guys of all time, he has yet to become the guy of all time. Oh, good That's Lord. true. Yeah, we we are in for some... I have picked up by osmosis Death Note shit to the 10th Oh, hour. yeah. This yeah, it's great. Basically is just Mecha Death Note. Like, in terms of how they construct situations and the way situations are solved with post-facto narration and how dramatic and over-the-top it is, except it's robots instead of Catholicism. And yeah, even then, and the Lancelot owns. looks kind of popey. It does well, look a little popey. Yeah, 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 it does. Because it doesn't have the Gundam yellow thingy. It just has, like, the white the white pyramid, which is very mitery to me. And gold. There's gold on the special uniform they give the pilot. Yes, there is gold in it. That's true. So the ending track is Yukio Seishunka by Ali Project, and the animation feels like one of those ending not finished for first episode reels, because we pan over a bunch of marker sketches and character designs, but apparently this is the actual ending. Uh, some of these characters might be fucking based on their art profiles. That's all I'm going to say. There's there's a man and a woman on a desk that are incredibly related and or boning. I thought you meant they were fucking based, which is also correct. <laughs> that is also true. Here's the thing. <laughs> Let's just talk about the character designs of this show. I think Clamp are overall a garbage studio with more uh -huh. misses than hits we've done this yeah, track but before. this fucking rocks i think it's the fact that you're giving their designs to actual animators who have to streamline them and turn them into something usable for animators that cuts off the worst edges but everyone still looks like noodle people because they know that you want them to look like noodle people you showed up for clamp designs and that means animators are going to make them look as fucked up as half the cast of Cardcaptor They Sakura. look super cool in action, and then they look extremely funny when they're just hanging out and talking. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. it, You remember how Caius was in 13-2, right? That's basically the dichotomy we have with these character designs, where it's really cool when he's doing his thing, but then sometimes he also says happy birthday and everyone laughs. <laughs> I mean, you know this, like gives me real vibes of like looking at the character designs in like Sailor Moon Crystal versus the original series or like the manga versus the original series where like Naoko Takeuchi's like designs are just so thin and so tall. And this just has that same vibe to it. But then like you could tell the mechas were designed by other people because then it looks like a normal human would be inside of this thing. So Takeuchi is what happens when you do clamp style right, because uh -huh. she keeps proportion. She just draws people leggy. Everyone in Sailor Moon's universe is Bayonetta. Uh -huh. Clamp yeah. people have weird noodle limbs all the time. They are infamous for yaoi hands uh -huh. and people who have torsos uh, right under their neck and are all legs. Oh, yeah. Like, we, really this kind of looks like some of the... Like... Carry on. Uh, I was like, it just reminds me of like, I don't know, like Oscar from Women Call Fujiko Mine had like similar proportions. Uh, yeah, but way. he was never drawn as off model as you get in a 50 something episode weekly no. anime. No, that's, no, that's the thing. You know fair. that I feel really called out as a torso haver, just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Look, I think I think the torso average on this podcast right now is is pretty high. Like the the torso quotient, especially compared to these characters. <laughs> two point two <laughs> out of five stars, sadly. And that takes us, speaking of twos, into episode two: the White Knight Awakens. God, he's going to be That's insufferable. Right. I've logged on. Yeah. Uh, Lelouch takes about two seconds to mourn the girl on the ground, wondering why she gave him this power, before a nightmare frame bursts in through the door, because this is a hot fucking war zone. His immediate response is to tell the woman inside, who is not named, but will be revealed as Valletta in another episode, to get out, but his power won't work on her. He figures out immediately that it must require direct eye contact. Thank God he put two and two together on that rather than experimenting. Sybil, I'm just surprised you didn't call her the purple bitch. (laughs) Oh, she was, but this is where I started going. I can at least look up the names of the Royal Guardsmen without spoilers. There's a list of them. Mm, I know, mm. I know, but that's not what I meant. Just saying their names is not a spoiler. (laughs) That's true, as long as you don't click on anything else. Yeah, no, I literally looked up who are the Royal Guard. I saw five names, and then I just went, which are these? Okay. Mm-hmm. Fucking just remembering that time Matt got mad at me because he thought me telling him that a Roldo coil was a spoiler for Death Note, please. <laughs> I didn't know. So funny in retrospect. I forgot about that until just now. <laughs> I had forgotten about that. Yeah, because it was like half a year ago. <laughs> So, as a result of this, he spins his bluff about the command into being the son of a noble, saying his ID card is in his breast pocket. Her response to this is pretty reasonable. You're going to stay right there with your hands in the air. I'm going to check your card myself, and she disembarks with a gun on him. However, she doesn't know that spooky bullshit is happening, and he proceeds to use his power successfully, having her hand over this frame. She snaps out of his control sometime later, only to find herself alone in a warehouse minus a mecha. Don't know why he didn't make her kill herself, too. Right? Like, why not? I don't know. Whatever. Is it saying you don't have rival mecha? You have less rival mecha pilots. Um, there's mm-hmm. so many rival mecha pilots in the show. I actually do know why, but we can't go there. Okay. That's true. Any- I guess those, there's a reason. But we can't cut from there because it turns out that Suzuku actually lived. I didn't. I thought this motherfucker was dead. I thought he got capped in the kidney. Um, but no, yeah. Matt, Char he, doesn't die in the first episode. <laughs> this dude's supposed to be Char? What's a Char? Suzaku isn't the mask one. That's... <laughs> uh... I get the feeling we're going to have a lot of discussions about what makes a villain on this show. I, I, you know what? You know what? The only chart that I know apparently became prime minister of Japan in Persona 5. And that's that's where I'm going to every time it says char. That's where my head's going to go. For a minute there, I was like, how does how how do you get from Shinzo Abe to char? And I was very confused. <laughs> I mean, does does, uh, does char get a shotgun to the back? There's a little charring afterwards, probably. Uh, mm. depends on which char, is all I'm gonna say. Fair enough. I'm sure that's a massive spoiler. Anyway, he's awake underneath the uh, sneer of Science Tweak and his assistant, who say uh, that Did you call maybe... Science Tweak? I meant to say Twig. Maybe I said it wrong. Anyway, 
Science twink. Um, have, have fun having that audio clip where I Excuse me. highly enunciate that. Twink was my father's name. <laughs> uh, Look, nobody is science tweak right now while the ADHD medication is fucking locked down. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> so ST says that maybe there's uh, something to that uh, 11 superstition about gods and objects uh, because uh, apparently a pocket watch that he had uh, under his armor deflected the bullet. Hmm. Fuck yeah. Uh, but why was it? By okay, the way, he got shot in the back. Why was it in his back? Yes, this was where I put my fucking hormone patches on my back <laughs> in the small. Why was a pocket watch there? That's I mean, where like, the pockets are in the uniform. Back? Yeah. I mean, you're supposed to wear it in your I breast can't. pocket of your of your like little vest. Your your petticoat. Okay, uh, I guess anyway. I if I use both my hands. <laughs> but listeners, you anyway. did not see Chris attempting to yoga his hands behind his back. <laughs> so, no one no one is surprised at the phrase Chris Taylor, not flexible. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we know, Chris. We know. Anyway, we haven't <laughs> talked about how like they just call people Elevens. Like that's the slur of we this have. world. We've mentioned it. Yeah, I feel, I feel yeah. like we, yeah, yeah, we yeah. glossed over that. But God, it, every time I like we don't Ooh. have time to talk about all the racism. There's yeah, too it, much of it. We really, we really <laughs> are underselling it because I didn't want to write it down. But there are basically reminders every five minutes or less that. Yo, it fucking sucks to be Japanese under this occupation. It's so extra. My God. Um, but anyway, they note that with the prince nearby, the top medics and guard are deployed, making this the safest place for a Britannian troop to be shot in all of Japan. So you're a lucky kid. Uh, Suzuku's first response is to ask about Lelouch, but he, he starts to say Lelouch and then he stops himself and regains his composure and says, uh, so uh, how was the battle proceeding? And uh, the science twink says that, unfortunately, uh, the poison gas was released and uh, 11 casualties are catastrophic because apparently you, they're just not going to tell the foot soldiers. But by, by the way, your other foot soldiers are just murdering everybody. So I guess we'll just bring this up now. Remember, Susaku knows that wasn't gas in that container. I thought he. Oh, he found yeah. out. Yeah, he. Found yeah, out. They, yeah. The, the right. thing opened right in front of him. He Can does not res- remember. No, I. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. I, yeah, I he doesn't respond to this now, but. I, yep. I did actually find myself wondering for a minute at this point. Hey, wait, did he take a blow to the head? I thought because he says nothing here. No, he was supposed to take a blow to the kidney, but apparently, uh, <laughs> apparently well, you see, the watch. organ distribution in clamp designs are very strange. So, you know, it's hard to aim that properly. <laughs> Christ, yeah, that's they keep their pocket watch on their back because they have extra <laughs> pockets because they can just reach around with those eight really gangly elbows. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. My but dude anyway. looks like he would be one minute away from the end of men. That's all I'm saying. And if you've seen that, congratulations. Imagine thinking about that prosthetic again. Thanks. Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> oh, you don't know, I don't think. <laughs> no, I've seen men. I don't, oh, okay. I don't, I don't hate it that much. Yeah. I do not know what this is, and I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil it for you. You should watch men. We should throw we'll that up later list. for Patreon. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's no, a tight ninety minutes. It's by the Annihilation guy. I uh, haven't seen Annihil- uh, is, it. Well, it is. It watch is an A twenty four film that is very A twenty four. That concerns you see my face me right now. <laughs> Sybil's got the biggest shit eating oh. grin right now. <laughs> okay, you know what we should do? 
Speaking of Matt, should we should make Matt watch Malignant. I Malignant's real good, that. and I don't even like horror movies. It it's not a horror movie, Matt. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm I'm a scaredy cat, and I got through it. See, now we've got two of you. We can bully you into this. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk later. I look. I'm already being bullied by my SO to become like into like horror films and like A24. So I'm already down this road. I'm already stuck. Matt, it's it's less of a horror movie than Cube. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> anyway, rather than dwell on this, though, uh, Science Twink asks a weird question. Uh, hey, have you ever piloted a nightmare frame? Which he already knows the answer to because the answer is no. Uh, because not a single per- uh, person of Japanese descent has ever piloted one ever. Well, I don't think that's entirely true, per se, because it does note later on that he has the highest test scores. So I think if you go through, like, the whole, like, becoming a citizen thing, you can do so in the end. But they but they haven't. Like, no one has to this point, I think is what, what he says. Um, but anyway, Suzuku responds with, like, is that legal? Are you allowed to do that? And... Uh, the scientist holds out a key and says, um, today, a lot of things are about to change for you. And, uh, his assistant adds, uh, whether you want them to or not. Yeah. Lloyd gives zero fucks about anything except his own agenda. Uh He's pretty fun. Uh He's great. He has a lot of weevil from Yu-Gi-Oh energy. (laughs) I have no idea what that means. I I understand that, but Lloyd is so much better. Yeah, it right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, what if we did that again, but turned it up a lot? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, from underground, uh, Kellen bursts out, um, in her frame and begins trying to attack uh, tanks and lesser hardware. Um, on the other end of the radio, we learn that the resistance folk are probably some of the only ones likely to be captured, not killed. Um, so they're a little less concerned, um, but all of them are pinned down as easy, visible targets um, with their weapons and all. Um, smash cut to laughter. Um, inside a locker room back at Lelouch's school, um, the television is just broadcasting a sitcom now. Nobody on campus uh, knows that anything is amiss, anything amiss is going on from the outside. Um, Lelouch calls fair, the them, redhead. They're Britannians, so it's not even something going wrong to them anyway. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, Lelouch calls the redhead, who's been um, grousing about him. I don't know what yep. that word is. That's new to me. Um, for this Probably whole time, um, her name is Shirley. Um, asks her to see what the news says going on, and all they see is that there is traffic restrictions in the area of Shinjuku. Um, realizing that he's on his own and there's like media cover up and etc cetera, etc cetera, he asks her to tell his sister he will be home late tonight and then hangs up um, nobody um, can raise him on a redial because he's out of um, the phone range this is what it's like when you talk to me on the phone okay bye. Uh, he begins using the frames radar to see troop movements in the area trying to figure out how he can A get free or B get revenge with a single unit. Nearby, Callan's mission of distraction goes awry when two of the Royal Guard come up behind her for a rematch. But suddenly, her walkie-talkie crackles alive with Lelouch's voice, and he tells her if she wants to win, language she picks up on, 
She needs to get onto the train tracks heading for the west of the district. And here I think the wheels are cool because they literally ride along the rails. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it's actually a really yeah. good the guard. Use. Yeah, sick. The guards see her the guards see this as her trying to flee in vain, but quickly find out quickly we find out she's being guided to a train on the route. She scrabbles over it and it slows one of her pursuers down as the second tries to follow her. Lelouch smashes the unit from a nearby building. The second man is unable to react in time as it dawns on him that friendly fire missing Callan was in fact one of the rebels seizing a new model frame. His mech is shot and crippled and he ejects from the battlefield. So I don't quite remember where this part is. I think it might be a little before or a little after. But at one point when Lelouch is going to this building that he's hiding out in, he's looking out of the viewfinder of the nightmare frame and finds he sees like this chessboard like amongst the rubble. And then he proceeds to take the pieces into the nightmare frame as he then plays chess as he executes <laughs> his plan. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He has already done the board. It was mentioned in passing and skipped over because, you know, it's going to be harped on endlessly. We don't need to cover it all right now. He doesn't start playing until he gets until after this when he removes himself from the action and starts commanding via radio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's so Death Note and so extra, and I love it. It rocks. I, I, I totally forgot that this happened, because as soon as he started playing with the chess uh, pieces <laughs> in the mech, I was like, where the fuck did those come from? It's even better, because if you think about it for one second, you can realize from his dialogue that he's telling the rebels... Oh, yeah, I'm giving you code names in case someone cracks the radio broadcast. But no, he's naming them like chess pieces. P1, mm-hmm. P2, Q1. Mm-hmm. Man, I just assume that he always has like a, a, a like a king piece up his ass and he just can whip it out whenever he wants. That That's my headcanon. If you love extra shit in mech cockpits, you're going to love Wolfstride. <laughs> okay. I, I did purchase that to play that soon because it seemed extremely up my alley. Uh, it is extremely good in the next LST game. Cross-show plug. And with that plug, speaking of Matt's uh, suppositions, suddenly uh. the other rebels come up from nearby, meeting Colin. It appears Lelouch has been playing general, calling anyone on the radios who would listen. Everyone is informed that what they need to win is aboard the train. New model Sutherland frames. Plenty of them, ready for use with no ID tags. Someone asks, is this a trap? And they're like, they have such superiority over us. Why would this be a trap? They don't need traps to win. Callan's job is to recharge her busted Glasgow and get ready to play distraction. Lelouch says he will call everyone in ten minutes to move into the next phase of the plan. Above the battlefield, the prince and general are just going, look, just get us that girl's body. We can cover everything else up, unaware that things are about to begin spinning out of control. You know, I just realized I made a reference to chess and putting things up your ass and did not mention the uh, the vibrator cheating scandal. You were doing so well until just now. <laughs> I could absolutely go into that. I've followed that you thing. Should... It's fucking nuts. You should cut it's that so out. Funny. That's very boring. Everyone forgot about that because it was months ago before we recorded this, Matt. <laughs> was it really that long ago? I don't even remember. Sorry, yeah. I, I was the... I, it was I January. The... Okay, I listened to the Behind the Bastards on... Um... Oh, what's his name? The the Bobby Fisher like two weeks ago, and they meant that's the first time someone ever mentioned using a butt plug to cheat at chess or a vibrating seat or something. So I have it; it's been on the brain. 
Anyway, uh, Lelouch um, has a plan, and this is what it is. Uh, they're going to begin turning the battle around by getting in close with the modern mechs and then just blasting some enemies through the walls before the enemies can, like, you know, get their position. So, like, kind of hitting them when they don't realize they're vulnerable. Uh, we find out that the enemies are ones Callan has lured into an alleyway to pursue her. And uh, this is where the prince begins to take notice that something is wrong as two units immediately drop offline. All of the new mechs just read as friendly from the radar and they can't pick out the issue. Uh, Lelouch then begins giving more and more specific orders from his hiding spot, pissing off a few of the rebels who have no idea of the bigger picture because they don't, you know, they just don't like being. Fire at 30 degrees to the left. Yeah, yeah. It's like, wh who the fuck are you? Um, and as he does this, it slowly becomes clear that he's using chess references, as we mentioned before. And 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 it's very funny because, like, you could tell by his confidence. He's just he's just as comfortable doing this as he was during the chess match uh, in the previous episode. Uh, the prince and the general are trying to get control, but uh, everything they try is being outplayed by Lelouch. Uh, and they say, like, oh, change the ID code. Someone's tapped the uh, the communications. And they're like, we have four times. Like, do it again. Do it a fifth time. And then a wild card appears because Science Twink hijacks his way onto the main monitor, ignoring the panic in the room and goes, so I have an idea. We then uh, cut back to Lelouch. Uh, he says that with him taking control of the battlefield, the enemy has five options. Uh, he does not elaborate on what any of these are. Um, the prince decides the best plan um, to uh, put this down is to break the encirclement of the ghetto and send the troops. Um, we actually uh, see one of the ejected guards, uh, ejected guards watching this um, going, who's the hell idea was this? I believe it's actually one of the royal knights from the train scene. Yeah, that's what I mean. The, one of the royal guards. Yes. Are they called oh, knights? I, they might be called knights. Or I, I just saw just them as Royal it Guard. It could be Royal Guard. Um, I, I, I'm also just doing my best not to, like, call him by a nickname from, like, season two. Okay. Um, in fact, uh, not only are they uh, breaking containment, but they're ascending the Prince's own guard. Um, every troop uh, possible is being uh, deployed to uh, converge on the Rebel. As Lush asks Colin... Um, do you have a map of the area? Um, with this, we watch uh, the map from the prince's radar. Uh, the prince's radar, sorry. Um, every unit surrounds unknown, and then unknown disappears. Um, cue back to um, the truck scene earlier, and when we told you to put a pin on that. Um, the rebels who have moved underground to specified positions, and they begin smashing the ceiling. Um, Lush cackles like a madman inside his robot as both sides watch sinkholes and collapsing earth uh, disable and destroy um, the Britannian troops in mass. I have to cut in the this print? laugh. It's wild. <laughs> My plan worked, didn't it? I can do it. I can. I can defeat Britannia. The prince is in full panic, and at this point we finally get Lloyd's name as Clovis shouts, Lloyd, can it win? At the now grinning face on the monitors. Before we cut to commercial, Lloyd frowns and says, Please, your highness, call it Lancelot. We now learn that the assistant's name is Cecile, and she begins giving instructions to Tex in preparation for the Lancelot's launch. 
She's also doing final checks with Suzuku, who apparently, despite being too low ranked for weapons in the field, scored the highest on simulations of his unit. She cautions him not to do something, because the unit is currently without an ejection seat. Uh, he also talks around whatever the something is, saying that it has a more than zero chance of happening. She confirms this is correct. Uh, there's a pretty cool launch sequence, uh, which might matter more if we knew what a standard launch sequence looked like for Sutherlands. It looks like Lancelot has a custom reactor core also. And then Suzuku takes off at full speed from the dock, knocking over crew with the force of his launch. Lloyd's very excited about this because he just hits, hit it to 100 right out the gate. So, we keep showing shots of a glowing cube inside the mech. Uh, I take it that's some special thing that the Lancelot has that the old models don't? Yes. Yeah, it's his Ahab reactor or whatever. Yeah, it's a it's a fancy reactor that does fancy things. The tide begins to shift in the fight as soon as Suzuku hits the front lines, with one unfortunate rebel's final words being, Huh? That doesn't look like a Sutherland and exploding on the radio. <laughs> Uh, news begins to make it back to Lelouch as people start going dark. Something new has arrived. It's white, it's not a Sutherland, and it's destroying the entire rebel group. In this uh, part, there is Spin Kick 2. Mm. Mm. Because he so also does it in the last a lot. We're going to have a Spin Kick counter this, uh, this I season. I might. <laughs> you know, the, one of the interesting things I noticed... Does it did it seem like to you that um Suzuku is purposely not killing the pilots in these things? Because yes. it seems so, like he's just yes. disabling them. Yeah. Yes. Uh there's at least one that looked like nobody ejected. I started watching for it, G.I. Joe style. Look, yeah, they, they don't eject all the all time. What we gotta say about that guy? Yeah. yeah, I think he he knocks off heads and limbs, but I, I assume that people like in the in the torso of the robot. So I think they're they're in like the there's like that backpack park that goes in the back where the oh, injection yeah, yeah. seat comes out. Yeah, they're the yeah. torso. It's the, they're the core fighter. Yeah, yeah, because th this would read very differently if he just like <laughs> all these guys. I, it seems like this guy's going to be a uh, an important character. So yeah, uh huh. So it's so funny that you haven't seen any fucking Gundam yet. <laughs> I, I've I've seen literally three Gundam, three Gundam things, maybe four. <laughs> I watched a little bit of Wing here and I've there. I've seen three Gundam, G Gundam. Oh, we did G watch Witch. G Gundam. I forgot about yeah, that. G that doesn't count. I already I already <laughs> had seen it before that though, Chris. And uh, uh, G Witch and uh, Oh Eighth MS Team, and that's that's it. That's all my Gundam. That's four. Congrats on seeing the only Gundams that basically don't count for you. The, the, all of the references in this show. That, that's Hooray. true. That is like a very specific mix of having that. Although that's it would be wild if this was somehow referencing G-Witch 20 years in advance. That would be amazing. Uh, I mean, say, look, say writer. There could be Code Geass references in G-Witch. I just don't know yet. You could, you could benefit from watching like the first, I don't know. 15 episodes of uh, Gundam 79. That would be very helpful for discussing this show. At some point I will. I mean, I was going to do Vodums next. I just finished uh, Legend of Galactic Heroes, so I finally knocked that one off the list. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, I, 079 is all the podcast you make. Uh, yeah, but uh, eh, I'll think about it. Hmm. At this point, we should probably point out that 
be it due to pilot or just the sheer quality of the mech, the Lancelot is not taking to the battlefield the same way as everyone else is piloting. Suzuku is using the harpoons to launch himself up acrobatically, do, as mentioned, a spin kick. He's leaping over people with them as a launcher. He's using it to deflect other people's harpoons or pull folks down. It's pretty impressive because we've had very stoid, ah, we'll chase them on foot or we'll make a jump jet I think it's a lack of, like, formal institutional training, right? Like, you don't have all the learned behavior. I mean, he, he's fighting he, like he's a, he's like a, like, like he was in um, G Gundam or something instead of like, yeah. uh, it, it feels like, I don't know if Super Robot would be the right term here, but like a different kind no, this of is mecha. Super Robot. Or no, yeah, Super Robot Super versus robot like a real. Fuck, yeah, but they're, but they're, um, but yeah, so like a different kind of robot fighting, like, you know, real, real mecha or whatever, the real robot style. Like, it feels like that kind of difference. I was actually going to make that exact point as well. Like, um, a lot of the, a lot of the name mechs, so the Lancelot included in this, um, you can, you can kind of like see like the distinct shift from like the generic, like real robots of like the glass cows and the Sutherlands to, um, these mechs that definitely, um, fit in more of a super robot category. That's part of why season two sucks so bad. Huh. Uh, similar to this, we see the Lancelot do something no other mech has. It deploys a hard light shield and starts deflecting bullets. So Lelouch goes full Kira here, listening to his men die or reject on the comms and just going, useless so-called terrorists. But as he loses troop after troop, he begins to panic, wondering how he's going to get out of this when his foresight has carried him so far. Meanwhile, Suzuku is pushing the mech to its limits and his body beyond, clutching his wounded side. As in the dark as he is, Suzuku thinks to himself that now he has the power to end this nightmare. He's going to save Lelouch and that girl, no matter what. <laughs> well, That's right. Save the two Britannians, ending the nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And yeah, this is where we realize he does very clearly realize the gas line was bullshit. So that's nice. Mm -hmm. But with so few signals left on the battlefield, it doesn't take long for Suzuku to find Lelouch hiding in a building and uh, peg him as the enemy commander. Uh, neither uh, are able to recognize each other because they're, you know, both in robots. And the two engage in a very one-sided fight before the building floor collapses beneath their weight and they uh, fall downwards. Uh, Lelouch is cornered before a desperate Callan shoots in and uh, sacrifices her mech, saying she'll pay. She's paying Lelouch back for saving her earlier, and uh, then she ejects to safety. Lelouch takes this instant to, uh, you know, to flee because now uh, Suzuku's distracted, uh, thinking that he needs to remember this in the future. That uh, the game changer on the battlefield isn't strategy; it's the human element. Unfortunately for Lelouch, his uh, Sutherland is no match for an experimental unit, and within a minute or so, Suzuki uh, in the Lancelot is uh, right on his heels. Lelouch then begins firing widely into the structures around them, trying to cover his escape um, with a hail of rubble. Uh, but the Lancelot and his pilot just dance right past them, flipping and weaving over and around debris. It's only the haphazard shooting, knocking a woman and a child loose from their hiding place that secures an escape as Suzaku turns all his tension to catch, uh, to carefully catching and protecting her as per the mecha trope that is required. 
this sequence is so fucking cool, by the way. It is. Oh, yeah. Like, this is hate absolute. to go wow, cool robot, but... <laughs> like, you go wow, cool robot all the, the time, Once the Lancelot Chris. shows up, all the animation kicks up, but this is the most... Again, dodging through rubble, doing kick flips and sick wheelies. It's pretty wild. The Lancelot owns. Yeah, it it rules. Lelouch and Lloyd both notice the behavior as extremely out of place on the battlefield, um, but both got away with what they wanted and think nothing of it in the moment. Um, Lelouch uh, uses the moment to disembark from his mech and approach the prince's um, flagship, uh, barely guarded at this point per his plans. Um, he then eyeballs a guy into letting him through. Um, he's also uh, disguised as a soldier at this point. Elsewhere, Colin and the surviving resistance members take shelter with the few surviving evacuees in a warehouse. The civilians are panicking, blaming the resistance for bringing this all down on them. Colin and the cell's leader, Oki, are trying to figure out what to make of the mystery general. Before the two can come to a conclusion, a wall explodes, tanks and troops filing in to finish the extermination. As everyone lines up a shot, Prince Clovis's voice comes over the radios, ordering a ceasefire. Even Suzuku is confused by this in his mech. But he repeats it and says very plainly, Nobody, Britannian or Eleven, is to be shot at or fired upon, and all troops withdraw from the battlefield in peace. We then cut to his war room, where the lights shut off and he sulks. There, happy... Now what? Will we sing songs and play chess? And we see the sol- we see the disguised as a soldier Lelouch walk forward, a gun in hand, saying, Yeah, that sounds familiar. We used to play a lot. I'd always win. Uh, this is the gun that he was also handed to uh, by, uh, what was her name, Violet? She hands him his gun at the same time. Valletta. She was pointing, at him, pointing it at him and just turns it around. Yeah, yeah Valletta. Um, and finally, second reveal. When Lelouch called himself V. Britannia at the end of episode one, he really is a bastard prince. Seventeenth in line to the throne, he had been presumed dead for ages. But now, he says, I've returned, your highness, to change everything in a mocking kneel before his brother. So with that done, how's everyone feeling on this going in? Fuck yeah. Got Code owns. What the fuck yeah. is this shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. It is a burning trash heap, but it's a great burning trash heap. It I am I am so confused by this. This this tonally is all over the place and the pacing is absolutely uh-huh. terrible these two episodes. Yeah. It'll be like that the whole time. This is the pace. Yeah. Jesus. My god. Yeah, cuz like too I, much happens. Yeah, like that that's the thing like for one thing like you have characters who are too cartoony who are also doing serious war crimes at the, I mean, not during war, you know what I mean? Like humanitarian crimes. And that is just played off as, as nothing. And then you have, you know, the psychopath lead who also apparently has a girlfriend. So there's high school shenanigans that are going to get tied in. To be fair. And on top of that, he's like three layers. He's three layers deep in like identity, like shroudedness. Mm -hmm. This is so confusing. It's played off as nothing because the POV characters are the oppressors, and to them it is nothing. I, I guess so. It's just, I don't, like, the mech stuff, cool. I like the mech stuff. The rest of it, extremely confusing, especially when they bring in this girl and they just immediately cap her, and now she's the magic MacGuffin that gives uh, Lilo, uh, the you know, persuasion powers or we're whatever. Gonna, 
we're gonna do about 40 episodes of anime in about 26 is it we're we're going yeah, that's we're fair going fast good it, lord. it's also uh, just like very i i just feel like it's very like mecha anime of this era it mm-hmm. it's kind of just like the like if you were to think of like a mecha anime from this era this is probably the one i'd think of it's just a very of like a like bandai during or sunrise during this era yeah, they know what's cool, and they don't give a shit about anything else. Let's get back to the cool stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's not deep, yeah. but it is super enjoyable. We'll, we'll see. I was just staring like agape at the fucking screen. This, both of these episodes being like, what the don't fuck is happening? Don't tell me about how you're gaping at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> You've made that joke before, Chris. Come on. Do better. I? I don't remember. Yes. Yes. Anyway, okay. uh yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't love it, honestly. I thought it was I was like waiting like, OK, maybe the next episodes will like settle things down and I will understand what the fuck is actually happening. But it sounds like it's not going to do that. So maybe I'll just turn my brain off and just go for the ride. I'm coming in with a little bit of foreknowledge, but pretty much all I have is. A weird extraneous movie, a couple of characters I know who survive and that's it. So I'm very curious. I don't know anything about the school. Um, I look forward to seeing how much we interweave the threads of the school, the rival character working for the government he wants to bring down but also could rule over, the political aspect, the chess metaphors and strategy, the tetchy relationship with the rebellion there's a lot here and i think the third episode is going to do a lot to give us the tone because this feels Mm -hmm. like an extended length pilot with these first two episodes yeah not that the first episode didn't feel standalone especially with that very calculated end point but now that we have settled down all of the initial conflicts it will be real curious to see where we pick up in episode three with, you know, a gun to a prince. I said, Garrett, do we do a TV broadcast of this? Am I remembering that correctly? There was at the start. No, yes, I that's not so. what I mean. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. So while we're all here, should we do two or three of ep- episodes of this per time? Uh, Keep it two, probably. There's no reason. You don't need to, like, rush through it. There's, like, just a lot of little things that go on because the pace is so fast. That's true. You yeah, you it. you do go pretty far through this. And I think once we get to, like, the next set of episodes, I think it will kind of start to, like, kind of set its stride and, like, more overall concept to where you're not just going, what the hell is going on the entire time? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, yeah. even then, there's an increase in situational complexity, which still merits the slower pace. Right, yeah. I, I mean, I think uh, we can already start to see some of that if you watched um, the preview. Um, I'm not considering it spoilers because it's at the end of episode two. Oh, I didn't even watch the last three minutes of this because... Oh. Well, anyway, at the end, in the preview for episode three, it already starts to show that uh, Callan will be showing up at the school along with Lelouch and everybody else. What? Did you Jesus. not see episode three is like the false student? It really only left us a couple no, of candidates. No, I as soon as the credits cut up, I stopped it. I, I, I got it out of the habit of reading the next times or watching the next times on because uh, monster like ruined it for me. <laughs> yeah, look, my web browser crashed and it was two thirty in the morning. OK, <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> reasonable, reasonable. I've been there. 
Yeah, uh, this will just me be me the entire time, trying not to accidentally spoil things. Again, I, I have to not name characters in these notes. That's true. Weird. Weird. And yeah. I know you've seen some of them, possibly, from other yeah. things. Yeah, I have. <laughs> we yeah. Look, we all know that other thing is Super Robot Wars, or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah, yeah. that's it. The, the latest Super Robot Wars has the final Code Geass movie adapted into it. So I know. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. Its missions final... are so good for it. I know you hate them, Sybil, but they're so good. Well, it's just so weird because I know a version of that story, but it's also interwoven with Char Asnable's attack on the Earth with the Axis asteroid is part of that canon too. So I don't know where one thing ends and one begins. Like it's a weird mishmash. Mm. It's so good. I love those games so much. It makes me so mad that Big O, the the ending of Big O, is only in Super Robot Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? Oh, there's. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of to- there's there's plot important tomatoes. Plot important. Yeah. Mm. Oh, there, okay. there's Big O. Big O rocks. I've never seen Big O, but I've known about the Tomatoes since 2003, thanks to a Flash cartoon. Big O does rock. Big O, also a good candidate for talking about on a podcast at some point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably the premium podcast is the Chaos Energy. Big O is just weeb version of Batman the Animated Series, down to designs. I mean, yeah, that's that was my vibe from it. It is, and that's why Toonami was like, uh, guys, you have to make season two. Mm. But also, sorry, wrap it up real fast. No worries. So, plugs, oh my no, god, I mean, plugs. that's what they said to Big O. Oh, got it. <laughs> <laughs> you were just like, I got a shit or something. But also. <laughs> no, I already did that. All right. So, who's got plugs? Matt. Alright, uh, so Lightning Strikes Thrice, we mentioned it earlier. It's our JRPG Games Club podcast, Games Club podcast. Uh, we're finishing up Final Fantasy VIII in a few weeks, and uh, then after that, we're gonna, uh, Chris spoiled it, but we're gonna go do Wolfstride. Um, I also, uh, oh yeah, we've already done this. There's Bokunu Stop. Wait, we're on premium or free? Which one is this? This is free. Okay. This is free. The premium version of this show. We're still covering Death Note. We're about to finish it. We just did all a bunch of the movies. Uh, and then after that, we're doing Serial Experiments Lane. Uh, beyond that, you can read my uh, Yuri manga reviews on Okazu. Just look up the guest writers. I'm in there. Uh, and also check out my blog. Uh, oh, my God. They were bandmates at omgbandmates.wordpress.com. Uh, if you want to read my in-depth analysis of uh, the shoujo series uh, how do we have a relationship garrett uh i occasionally uh talk about common rider with uh two of my friends uh at journey through the where we are currently in the midst of common rider blade chris any plugs from you check out unions unions are cool start one seems good and if you like my chaos energy you can find any of my projects at hellscaper.com my personal website We will be back in two weeks with episodes three and four and find out which of the fake students are the false student. See you around. Hmm. Oops. So many of them, it turns out.